You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. After the last few years with COVID restrictions, I think I can safely say that we're all hoping, really hoping for a happy new year. And for most of us, we're still in holiday mode and we're not really keeping track of the the days or or the date in case they pass too quickly and uh, return to work seems too imminent. But let's bring ourselves back to reality. Let's check in. Yes, today is the date, the 1st of January 2023. And it's the first day of a new year, obviously. New Year's Day. And traditionally, this is a day when we might take some time to think about the year ahead or even years ahead, but it's also a time when we might look back in the last year or the recent years and consider our our mistakes, our regrets, the things we wish we could have done better if we had our time over again. It's a time when we might reflect and decide to try and do things a bit better, to make New Year's resolutions. And some might resolve to work harder, to, to save more money, to use their time more wisely, uh, to spend more quality time with family, stop smoking if there's anyone still smoking, or to eat less or to get fitter. All of these resolutions are aimed at, at making us better people in one way or another. I wonder if you've already made any New Year's resolutions today. Has anyone made a New Year resolution today yet? No hands? Well, that's great because um, that's why you're here today to make some New Year resolutions. And I'm going to encourage you to make some new resolutions today. To help us consider a resolution for change for us this morning, I want to turn to a scripture and focus on a New Testament man who also made a, a new resolution. But not just a New Year resolution. This guy made a new life resolution. And you can probably all guess who I'm talking about. Zacchaeus. So let's open up our Bibles this morning and turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. And we'll check out Zacchaeus' story together. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of all my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. 
Today's passage begins with Jesus entering Jericho. But the, the passage is quick to point out that he was just passing through. Jesus was on a mission. He'd set his face towards Jerusalem, the city where he said that he would be handed over to the chief priests and crucified and three days later he would rise again. This was why Jesus had come into the world, why he'd left his place of glory in heaven and descended to live with men, to die for the sins of the world, for your sins, for my sins. This was Jesus' chief mission and Jerusalem was where it was going to happen. Jerusalem was the chief destination and Jericho was just a town to pass through on the way. But Jericho is the scene for today's passage, so let's get our bearings. The town of Jericho lay 10 miles northwest of the mouth of the the Dead Sea and it was 17 miles east-northeast of Jerusalem. And it was a town on the trade routes just west of the Jordan River with an abundance of spring water and a warm winter climate. It was the winter capital of Judea, a bit like the Gold Coast in our Australian winter. This is the place where you wanted to go in winter, somewhere to escape the the cold, damp winter nights of Jerusalem. But Jericho was so much more than just a, a winter hotspot destination, so much more. Jericho was a bustling centre of commerce and agriculture and so many of its people therefore became quite wealthy. And with the wealth of Jericho, it attracted many beggars and such as the blind man who'd called out to Jesus by the road on his way into Jericho, recorded by Luke in the, the previous chapter, chapter 18. And it's important for us to to stop here and realise for a moment that even though Jesus was just passing through, even though Jesus had Jerusalem on his mind, he still stopped for the blind man and he also stopped for Zacchaeus. It's so easy for us to just pass through things in Scripture with our destination in mind. Surely the destination is Zacchaeus' new life resolution. But if we just pass through and fail to stop, then we fail to appreciate other things that God would have us notice. And perhaps you this morning are thinking that you're too small or or insignificant for Jesus to notice. I wonder if you've ever had thoughts like that. Perhaps you're thinking, Jesus hasn't got time for me. Jesus has got far greater things to take care of far greater things on his mind, and I'm not really worthy of Jesus' attention. Well, today's passage would have you believe otherwise. Jesus is interested in the blind man on the way into Jericho. He's interested in Zacchaeus, the chief of sinners. And so we can conclude that Jesus would be interested in you and me also. Jesus is not so preoccupied with the end game that he doesn't notice you. He doesn't see your need for him and be prepared to stop and take the time out of his busy schedule for you, just like he did for Zacchaeus. So what do we know 
about Zacchaeus? Well, verse 2 tells us that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. No doubt Zacchaeus was some sort of district tax commissioner who'd purchased the Jericho tax franchise from the Roman provincial government. Zacchaeus would have had many subordinate tax agents, I'm sure, who did the actual tax collecting, and all of them together heaping, uh, reaping huge commissions and getting rich off the poor and the rich alike. So just what was there to tax in Jericho? Well, Jericho was known for its palm trees, its palm tree groves, and its balsam. Balsam, you might know by another word, balm. And balsam is a, an oily plant resin, and it was used for many purposes in medicines, cosmetics, perfumes, incense. And it's also renowned in the Bible in many places as an ointment for healing of wounds. And this ointment was known as the balm of Gilead. Gilead was a region in Judea. And this word balsam is where we get our English term, uh, our modern day term of a healing balm. It comes from the word balsam. If we look back to Genesis chapter 37 and the story of Joseph being thrown to his, into the pit by his brothers, his brothers noticed a caravan on the way from Gilead to Egypt. And in verse 25 of Genesis chapter 37, these, um, this caravan was carrying spices and balm and myrrh from Gilead down to Egypt, the balm of Gilead. So this trade of balsam, also known as balm, was quite lucrative for the, for the traders, but as well as for the tax collectors. And, but there was more to the economy of Jericho than just um, palms and, and balms. Jericho was also renowned for its trade of bitumen and salt and sulphur from the, the nearby Dead Sea. And Jericho was on the main road of traffic between Joppa on the Mediterranean coast to the west, Jerusalem in the middle, and then the country east of the, the Jordan River. So Jericho was on this major trade route. So there was a lot to tax, and it was easy for Zacchaeus to make a fortune. And so it's possible that Zacchaeus was one of the most hated men in Jericho. Let's face it, how many of us are in love with the tax office? And in spite of this, our tax office is basically fair and honest and Jesus instructs us to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, uh, a.k.a. the government. Let's not forget that Caesar needs our money to build schools and hospitals and, and roads. But Zacchaeus was um, cut from a different cloth altogether from our tax office. Zacchaeus wasn't like our modern-day tax collector. We know what our marginal tax rates will be according to our income, and we know the rules associated with tax. At least we can look them up, we can Google them and, and look them up. But Zacchaeus didn't play by the rules. In fact, there weren't many rules to play by at all. Zacchaeus is the the chief tax collector, he could make up his own rules to, to cheat or extort as much money or tax as he could. And yet 
despite being the chief tax collector, despite being the chief of sinners, despite being despised by others, Zacchaeus in this passage has got one thing going for him, one thing as Jesus entered Jericho. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He had one thing going for him. Now there's a lesson there for for each one of us. Zacchaeus was curious. He hadn't met Jesus before. And Zacchaeus must have been thinking, why are all the crowds following Jesus? Surely uh, Zacchaeus had heard that Jesus performs miracles. The crowds are saying that Jesus has just healed a blind beggar on the way into Jericho. Zacchaeus thought, I've got to see this man for myself. Zacchaeus was desperate. And perhaps this morning, as you're listening to this, you've heard something about Jesus. Perhaps you've heard other people saying great things about Jesus. Testimonies of changed lives, miracles, forgiveness, peace, hope, love. And perhaps like Jesus, you think it's time to get close to Jesus. Perhaps like Zacchaeus, you think it's time to get close to Jesus, to see who he is, to come and see for yourself. And perhaps you've also come to the point of being desperate, getting desperate. Perhaps you've tried everything in life and nothing has really worked. Perhaps there's been people or or thoughts or ideas or beliefs or, or circumstances that have stopped you coming to see who Jesus is. No matter what the reason may be, today's passage would tell you to not Let anything get in your way of coming to see Jesus, coming to meet Jesus. Zacchaeus had every reason not to come and see who Jesus was. Zacchaeus could have made every excuse under the sun, or at least two good ones. Firstly, I'm the worst sinner out. Jesus could never love me. Or secondly, oh, I'm too short. I'll never see Jesus above the crowds. Well, Zacchaeus didn't make any excuses. He was desperate. How desperate are you this morning to come and see Jesus? Zacchaeus was desperate. So desperate that he abandoned all sense of dignity associated with the office of being chief tax collector. And he ran like a schoolboy. He climbed a tree just like a schoolboy to see who Jesus was. Nothing was going to get in his way. And so here we have Zacchaeus climbing a sycamore tree to get above the crowds and to see Jesus. Now this was the perfect tree to get above the crowds. The sycamore tree. It's also known as the fig mulberry tree. And it's got a wide, thick trunk and wide, sturdy branches and evergreen foliage. Perfect place to hide above the crowds and not be seen. Can you imagine Chris Jordan, the Chief Tax Commissioner of Australia, the Australian Tax Office, climbing a tree to see our Prime Minister? Not likely, hey? He's more likely thinking, well, 
maybe my office can set up a meeting with the office of Prime Minister and we'll get together and we'll talk. Let's stick with protocol and decorum, shall we? But Zacchaeus was desperate to see Jesus. What about you today? How desperate are you to see Jesus? How desperate are you to see if what everyone says about Jesus is true? And maybe this would be a good resolution to start the new year. Maybe you could resolve today to be desperate to see Jesus and see who he is this year. So here we've got Zacchaeus, he's sitting up in the sycamore tree in, in one of the branches and Jesus comes by and Jesus stops, looks up into the tree and tells Zacchaeus to come down because I've got to come and stay at your house today. Zacchaeus gets far more than he bargained for. Zacchaeus just wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. Zacchaeus wanted to remain um, discreet and, and hidden and just see Jesus pass by. But he gets far more than he bargained for. Now everyone is staring at the chief tax collector up, perched up in the, the branches of a sycamore tree. What an embarrassing situation for the chief tax collector, an important person in the town. How humiliating. Everyone's staring at Zacchaeus up in the tree. And Jesus says, come down, I've got to stay at your house. But wait, how does Jesus know my name? And if Jesus knows my name, then he must know what I do and what I am, a tax collector and a sinner. So why on earth does Jesus want to come and stay at my house today? Well, let's get a bit of background to this. In ancient culture, to stay at someone's house was a great honour and a sign of acceptance to and for the host. Think of it like this. How many of you would want to stay in the home of a gangster? How many of you would want to spend the night with Al Capone? But Jesus wanted to stay the night with Zacchaeus, the chief, sinner, the chief of sinners, the chief tax collector. Zacchaeus instantly knew that Jesus valued him, that Jesus accepted him and loved him. Jesus wants to stay at my house. No wonder Zacchaeus came down from the tree immediately at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. He was overjoyed. He was over the moon. And this is the moment when the greatest miracle began. Not a blind beggar receiving his sight, but a sinner seeing the light. Let me repeat that. This is the greatest miracle. Not when a blind beggar receives his sight, but when a sinner living in darkness sees the light. Zacchaeus has his eyes opened to a better way of living. And this is where his new resolution begins. Suddenly, Zacchaeus sees life, all of life, differently. His thinking is turned upside down. No longer is life about cheating and stealing and, 
and getting rich at the expense of others. In fact, Zacchaeus wants to set things straight right away. He can't wait to confess his sins before Jesus. They say that confession is good for the soul. Zacchaeus can't wait to confess his sins before Jesus. Immediately he wants to give half of his possessions away to the poor. Now it was Jewish custom in those times that a man would give 20% of his annual income for works of love. But Zacchaeus wants to give away half of his entire wealth. That's half of everything he's accumulated over a whole lifetime. Now that's a real change of heart for the chief tax collector. And on top of that, Zacchaeus realised that not all of his wealth had been by fair gain. Extortion, pressure, misrepresentation, that all played a large part in Zacchaeus' wealth accumulation strategy. I'm sure that wouldn't have played any part in Lezer's advice during his working career. Zacchaeus now promises to pay back four times out of his own pocket anything he's extorted or stole from anybody. Zacchaeus is a totally new man. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. And the Apostle Paul's words could never have been so true as they were for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a new man. His first resolution was to come and see who Jesus was. And Jesus' second resolution was to accept Jesus' invitation to come down from the tree in faith and trust Jesus' words of acceptance and love. By faith in Jesus, Zacchaeus declares himself to be a son of Abraham, the father of all who have faith in God's promises. Jesus promised Zacchaeus acceptance and love by asking to stay at Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus put his faith in Jesus' promise and he came down out of the sycamore tree and welcomed Jesus gladly. And on that basis of Zacchaeus' trust and his good confession in faith, Jesus declares that salvation has come to his house today and to all his household who would also come to faith in Jesus. And Zacchaeus proves to us that it's never too late to make a new life resolution. It's never too late. While there's life, there's hope. Unfortunately, no one has died listening to me this morning. I can't see any eyes shut, and if there are some, if there are some eyes shut, I think I can still see you breathing, or we can check your pulse. So I, I think everyone's still alive here this morning, so there's still hope for us all to make a new resolution today. And today you might be imagining all sorts of resolutions that you could make on this first day of 2023. But by far the best resolution we could ever make would be to follow the example of Zacchaeus this morning. And what were they? Firstly, to come 
to Jesus. Be desperate to get close to Jesus, to find out if what they say about Jesus is really true, the testimonies of who he is, his power and his love. Find out for yourself if it's really true. Be desperate to come and see Jesus and find out the truth about Jesus. And the second resolution that we can make today, and many of us, most of us, have already made that resolution. The second resolution would be to put our faith in Jesus' promise of unconditional love, acceptance and the forgiveness of your sin. And if we can do those two things today, then just like Zacchaeus, salvation comes to our house today and all of us can become a son or a daughter of Abraham also, a child of faith. What a fantastic new year, new life resolution that would be. Many of us have already made those resolutions many years ago. Um, For those of us who've already made those resolutions, I would encourage you uh, with another resolution based on the musical Godspell from the 70s. It's a, a musical based on the Gospel of Matthew. And there's uh, a song in that musical called Day by Day. Day by Day. Day by Day. Oh dear Lord, three things I pray. To follow thee more nearly, to, to see thee more clearly, follow thee more nearly and love thee more dearly, day by day. We can all resolve to do those three things in 2023 and beyond. So as we consider the new year resolution, let's be a people of faith in 2023. Let's come to Jesus to see who he is and resolve to accept him by faith.